morning. Welcome in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today is the second Sunday of Lent, and we're going to take a look at uh, Paul's letter to the Romans, the fourth chapter, which is our New Testament lesson today. And he's going to lay out kind of how it works in getting right with God. And we'll look back at the Old Testament because that's what Paul does. He looks back and takes a look at how God and Abram slash Abraham worked together. So we welcome all of you here present with us in our sanctuary, all of you online today with us also. And for you, those of you who are online, just a little word. We've, we've noticed that the last several weeks our system has shut off. And uh, if you stay where you're at, you're probably not going to find us, but it boots right back up. So you kind of need to go out and then go right back in and you will find us there and catch the rest of the worship service. We are trying to figure out what it's doing and why it's doing it, and God willing, we will find that very soon. Would you all please rise? And our worship service today comes from Divine Service 3, page 184. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening song, Here I Am to Worship.
beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart to confess our sins unto God our Father. Beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. We take a few moments for silence reflection. O oh, Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, through which I have ever Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of Christ, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Good morning. The first um, readings from the Old Testament, Genesis 12, 1 through 9. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired to Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moriah. At that time, the Canaanites were still in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, 
To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negeb. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but are his due. And to the one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring, that he would be heir of the world, did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, There is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. 
If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please join me as we profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe. Please be seated. Do we have any children that like to come up for the children's message? Where's all the guys? It's all girls today. All right, so I brought a lot this lighthouse. Maybe you guys have seen it if you've been in my office. And there's usually something in it. There is candy. Ooh. So here I got a deal for you, right? I'll come down here. Stand. Now, if any of you can jump on one leg 50 times without putting your other foot down or without holding on anything, I'll give you a piece of candy, all right? All right, ready? Good. And you got to do this in 30 seconds. Okay, one leg. Ready? Go. <laughs> one out. Ooh, look at that. I'm not counting, by the way, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going until you think you did 50. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sit back down. I'm not going to give you any candy, but... All right, maybe I will. But I put it here so at least you'll see it. Okay. So, I'll leave it open too, so you make sure I make sure you guys get a piece of candy when you leave. But now, one, you can't eat it in church, and two, you got to ask mom or dad, can I eat this candy? Okay. Because i got to make sure there's nothing in it that you might be allergic to. That'd be horrible. So, question for you now. Um, 
how, does, how do you guys think God acts? If you think of God, what do you think of? You think of good. That's good. God does things that are good, doesn't he? Especially good things for us, right? Like salvation, right? We got to go to heaven. So how do we go to heaven? I believe, we're done. She got it right. I don't even need to preach much. Did you all hear her? Good, because that's the question in my sermon, too. So I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to listen to this. You're going to have to listen to the sermon now, and I won't tell you where in the sermon it's going to be. All right? All right. Good job. That's great. So you all heard her, right? Okay, good, good. So, so that's all that it takes to do. Right? Now, did you believe me that I was going to give you a candy, a piece of candy, when you jumped? You can say yes. Yes would be a good answer. Good. Because if I didn't, that means I'm lying, right? And I'm not going to lie. So, so what she said is all it takes. It's that simple, right? So do you guys try to be good, right? When you're at home, like you try to do everything mom and dad tells you to do, right? Okay. And shake your head so mom and dad can see. Okay, good. Do you, so when you go to school, do you try to do everything that you're supposed to do at school too? Yeah. So at school, do you do everything you're supposed to do? All the time? Really? Wow. Man, I must have been really bad when I went to school. <laughs> what about at home? Do you do everything you're supposed to do at home? Every time? Do I need to ask mom and dad? <laughs> no? Shake your head. No? Okay. Whew. So we can't be good all the time, can we? We just can't. It just, it's reality. So, you, so if we try to be good to go to heaven, and we can't be good all the time, do we got to go to heaven if that's what God looks at and says, you have to be good to go to heaven? If we can't be good all the time, then we don't got to go to heaven, right? But that's not what God said, right? You remember what she said, right? I can't tell you. We can't say it again until we get to the sermon, okay? Because I'm not sure they know. We have to surprise them. But that's all you do. It's that simple, right? It's as simple as you believing that I was going to give you a piece of candy. And I will give you a piece of candy, okay? All right. So remember that. It's not, you need to be, you want to be good because God wants us to be good. But that's not what gets us to heaven. That gets us to heaven. Okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being so gracious to us. You give us your rules and we break them. None of us are perfect, but you sent Jesus to die for us and said that if we believe in him, you would count us as being right with you. We ask you to help us believe in Jesus more and more and more. Amen. Let's sing our hymn of the day.
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Again, our text this morning comes from our epistle lesson, Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 5, and 13 to 17. So, have you ever bought something that you needed to put together, and it came with, or seemed to come with, the wrong set of directions? You know, you open up the box, and, and you pull all the pieces out, or the equipment out, or the pieces of furniture, and you, you look at the parts, and you look at the directions, and they just don't match. Now, the picture isn't exactly what it's supposed to be in the directions, but you work hard at it anyway. You said, it must be me. It's not the directions that are wrong. And you work at it until you get done. And then you look at it, and you know it's just not right. There are some leftover parts on the floor. You don't know where they go. But you did the best you could do, and, and the but the problem was that the box came with the wrong set of directions. Did you know that you and I are born with the wrong set of directions? Don't believe me, do you? Well, we'll see when we're done. So we're, we're born, on this, born with this idea of, of how we are to please God. We have this set of directions and, and how to be on the exact same page as God, how to be right with God. Each and every one of us are born with an idea that, of, of exactly what it takes to have a relationship with God. That was our original design, our original purpose of existence, to have a relationship with God. We were not designed to ignore God, to work, eat, sleep, and that's it. There's an emptiness there in that way of life. So where, where, where do we begin? Where do you begin? Where, where are the directions that we find on, on how we are to be with God? So the directions, the set of directions that you and I are born with sound pretty good, but they're not accurate. And, and here's how basically kind of it goes with the directions that we're born with. Step one says simply acknowledge that there is a God. Now, do most people do that? So that seems to be the right answer, no. But I believe it, believe it or not, that, that most people do believe that there is a God. It comes by a whole bunch of different names, right? But it's there. Step two says that we have to realize that we, you and I, are accountable to God and that someday we'll have to give account to God for all of our actions and all sort of um, whatever else God requires for us to get into the afterlife. So do you think most people believe that we have to give an account to God? The easy answer is to say no here also, but I also believe, and maybe I'm a little crazy here, but I believe to some degree that most people believe in, in some sort of afterlife and that eventually they'll have to answer to, to God or whoever or whatever it is that they believe in for, a way, uh, for, the, for the way that they live their life on earth. I know it seems to most of us that most people live for today and act as if there is no afterlife. But I think down deep they, they think there is something more. 
So step three would be work hard at making God happy while you're here. You think most people believe that? You're getting a little leery here, right? I think sure. Most people believe that, you know, my job here is whatever I do, make sure God is happy with me, right? You know, if, if, you know, if I have a job and, and I'm an employer, work hard, right? I don't need to be a good employee. And to be a good employee, I work hard. If I'm a parent, I need to be a good parent. If I'm a citizen, I need to be a good citizen, dot, dot, dot. Just goes on and on and on. So if we work hard for God, then we make God happy. At least let's believe that works. And the fourth and final step of the process then is the harder you and I work at being good, the more happy God will be with us. And do you think most people also believe that one? I think so. You can disagree with me. But I think that most people think that if I work really, really, really hard and try to make God happy, he's going to see that and God will be happy with me. And those, those four steps are progr- programmed into us from the moment that we are conceived. And we can see evidence of, of those directions everywhere we go. All the non-Christian religions follow those four steps. Even Christian religions follow those steps. Do you, do you have any, any friends or relatives who don't believe in Christ yet? All of you have your friends and family believe in Christ? That's pretty awesome. Pretty rare, but pretty awesome. I saw a few hands come up. I do know people who have not come to Christ yet. And isn't, so isn't what they are doing, doing, are are they just working hard through life then? For those of you who know people who don't believe believe in in Christ yet, are they just working hard to get through life? Is that how they live their life? To, to a certain extent, right? Yes. I, I think so. That, that it's because that's what's programmed in there. Work hard, you know. And granted, it's however they define working hard, right? Um, you know, I think they, they, they walk around saying, "I'm I'm trying to be good," but there's no peace with God. And so the question goes: Am I good enough, or am I not good enough? And most of us would say, if we lived that way, well, I don't know. Have I done enough to be good for God? Is God happy with me in my life? I'm not sure, so I don't feel content. I don't feel complete or whole. And here I am, trying to be good, and yet I still feel empty. And, and here's where Paul comes to answer the questions for us. In Romans, Paul tells us that there is a better way to be right with God. And amazing to me, the kids got it just like that. Parents, you now can hold them to that standard. (laughs) They don't know that. But it's really simple, uh, the the answer. So it it goes against everything, I think, that you and I are born with. It goes against all of our natural instincts, and it goes against everything that we see everyone else doing. We try to do it our way. When God says, do it his way, and it's the only way, and it will take away your emptiness, my emptiness, and it will give us peace, it will give us comfort, and it will give us hope. And so what is God's way? 
But what Paul does, Paul goes back to the Old Testament. And he looks at, at the lesson that, that we read today. And it's all about Abraham. Right? He uses Abraham as an example. Abraham lived thousands of years before Christ. He was a pagan when God called him and interrupted his life, as we saw in the lesson today. Here's what God told Abraham. He says, even though you're old and retired, pack up everything and move. Move to a faraway place, and I will show you, I promise you, Abraham, that you'll become a great nation, and from you, you will come, you will come someone who will bless the world. Now, I find that Abraham is amazing to say, okay, I'll go where you're sending me. And, and he's not even sure who he's talking to here. And, and the reality of what God is saying to Abraham is he's talking about Jesus. And so Abraham believed God's promises. He packed up his whole life, and he moved. And that was the beginning of a relationship that grew between Abraham and God. And the foundation of that relationship wasn't based on Abraham working hard to be good. Verse 2 says in, in Romans 4, If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. If it was all about Abraham, then Abraham had a lot to brag about. He left a comfortable life, and he went where God told him. But that friendship between God and Abraham was not based on that. Here's what it's all about. Verse 3 of our text says, what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. When Abraham believed those awesome promises of God, then God did something for Abraham. He credited righteousness to Abraham's account. Abraham didn't deserve that. But God, in his grace, took pleasure in seeing Abraham's faith, and he gave him righteousness. In other words, he made Abraham right with himself, with God, and that was a gift. And the kids got it right. The very first answer to the question is simply was, believe. And that's what the kids said. I wonder what we would say. What would our first answer be? Would we have said, simply believe, and that would make me right with God? Or would we think, well, what do I have to do to get right with God? I have to go to church on Sunday and sit in the pew. That'll make me right with God. They won't make you right with God. Because it's not the bench that makes you. It's not the building that makes you. It's God's word that comes into your life and my life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I can say, I believe in Christ. Imagine, if you will, you, you get your monthly bank statement, and you open it up, and there's a $50,000 deposit in your account. You go, whoa, got to be wrong. And then you look at it, and, it, and it's actually a deposit from somebody that you love. And you say to them, what is going on? Why did you put that $50,000 in my account? I didn't do anything. And the person that you love says, because I just wanted to. I know that you love me, and I wanted to give you a gift. 
Wouldn't that be a nice gift? Most people say probably, yeah, right? But you do nothing, and the person gave you that gift. And that's what God did for Abraham. Listen to these words. Abraham, this is God talking to Abraham. I know that you love me, that you trust me and believe my promises, so I want to do something for you. Abraham, I'm, doing, I'm going to credit righteousness to your account. In my eyes, Abraham, you are righteous, you are good, and I'm going to give that to you as a gift just because I want to. And so God did that for Abraham when he saw that Abraham believed. Do you see the basis of their friendship? It wasn't about Abraham working hard to be good. It was all about whom? God. All about God. God made the promises. And when God saw Abraham's faith, God treated Abraham as though he was righteous. And that's how God wants to work between him and you. Do you know how many religions there are in this world? Two. There are a good answer. There are basically simply two. The one religion is the one that you and I are born with in our head. It's all about trying to be good. And the other religion, the Christian religion, is all about Christ. It's all about his promises. Just as God gave Abraham some pretty amazing promises, God gives some pretty amazing promises to you and me through Jesus. He says, I promise you that all the sins that you've ever committed in your life, I promise that they're forgiven. God says, I promise you that while you live on this earth, I will be there for you. I will bless you. I will take care of you. I promise that there really is such a place in heaven and that someday you will be there. God says, I promise you that you don't have to live your life trying to earn my favor. You can't do that. My standards of perfection are too high for you. You can never get there. But I promise you, God says, that I will give you heaven because Jesus earned it for you. Those are God's promises. How will you respond? There's a part of you, I suspect, that says, Yep, that sounds pretty nice. But really, it's all about me. It's all about me trying to be good, isn't it? Those are not the right directions. Ignore them. That's not the way. When you see and hear all these promises of God, do you know that the right response is simply one word? Believe. Believe that these promises are true. And believe that these promises are true for you. That God really, really will come through for you. That Christ really died for you. That you really are a child of God. And you get to go to heaven. Even if you don't feel that way right now. As you sit there in those hard pews. Just believe. That's God's way. Believe and let God fill your life with everything you've been looking for but haven't been able to find. Believe and find peace, find comfort. Believe 
And God will bless you just as he blessed Abraham many, many years ago. Because that's God's way. And that's the only way. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us your son to live and to die for us and the Holy Spirit so that we can simply believe that you do all for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise. Let us pray. We pray for all Christians around the world that as people united in faith, we may witness to the good news that is ours in Christ Jesus. Lord, bless our learning and our worship and our questioning and our study and our witness as we grow in faith and devotion. Oh, Lord. We pray for all nations that in all places there may be times of lasting peace. We pray for people in lands where there have been upset and strife. And we pray for our own nation that it may know safety and that people may be joyfully, joy, joyful in their daily lives. O oh Lord, we pray for all those whose labor serves us as we live out our lives under your watchful eye, especially those in the military, our police personnel, medical workers, and all those whose efforts support the common good. O oh Lord, we pray for the special concern on our hearts today, including health and family needs, bringing to you our joys, our sorrows, and our hopes. Assure us that the sufferings of this present life are but transitory, and that your grace endures forever. O oh Lord, Join to the generations of the faithful. We remember all those who have completed their earthly journeys in faith and now rest from their labors. Lord, inspire us by the witness of the faithful from all generations that we may complete our earthly journeys with confidence in your gracious promises as they did in their lifetimes. We beseech you, O Lord. In your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Amen. Lift up your hearts. Amen. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Amen. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places 
Give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with clean, cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Our Father, who art in heaven. Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Please be seated.
Please rise. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. And with bless we the Lord. Be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. We sing, Alas, and did my Savior bleed.
Please be seated. We have announcements this morning. Come up to the mic, and I'll be right back. On May 7th, LWML will have a mission fair in the parish hall after church. This is a meet and greet for 78 Christian nonprofits who serve the Lord in the community. So also, I would like to invite the ladies of Trinity to our LWML meeting next Sunday. We have the honor of hosting the California, Nevada, Hawaii District Convention, all of that, at the Holiday Inn here in Reading. It will be held April 19th through the 21st, 2024, which is one short year from now. We all need all hands on deck. There's going to be a lot of purple-clad ladies walking up and down Hilltop. Please consider attending meeting after Bible study next Sunday. Hope to see you. Today, right? Script. So when you leave, script. Any other announcements? Wow. Okay. Um, so I got a phone call last night. The reason I have my phone out is because uh, our uh, Capel group uh, are up in, uh, well, they're in Seattle, and then they entered North Oregon yesterday. And as of last night, we're snowed in. Um, and they were supposed to send me a text message this morning, but it has not arrived. That could be good news. It could mean they're on the way. So uh, if you all hang around like for about three minutes, I will give them a call. And uh, so talk with each other, right? <laughs> and, and enjoy. And I'm going to call them right now and find out if... Uh, they're on the road. Good news and bad news. Okay, we have good news and we have bad news. Or not so bad news. They're actually on the road. They're, uh, 
about an hour or so or two from Medford. And they're going to stop at Medford. And then they're going to reassess everything, find out. It says, at this moment, it appears the roads are clear. Um, so uh, it's, we'll, we'll assume, God willing, that it will actually happen this afternoon. Um, they'll probably arrive late, but uh, we'll figure that part out. So um, at this moment, let's just let's plan it's going to happen. All right? And then if it does not, we will email out through the messenger. We will call whoever we can call to say it's not happening. So that's part two. We have a potluck plan, right? So shall we just meet for the potluck anyway? Okay, so what time for the potluck? Okay, all right. Okay, five o'clock? Okay, all right. What'd you say? Eat early. Okay. Two o'clock? I'm good with that one. Okay. So right now we're say five, right? Is that what we just said? Be here at five unless they but we'll call you because if it happens, then the dinner's gonna be later. So if they're if they're coming through. Yeah. Yep. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, so as of right now, we are assuming they're gonna make it through. So so they're so the concert starts at four, it'll be a couple hours, and then dinner will follow. Okay? Um, so right now we're, we're planning. They were originally going to arrive around 2. They're about two hours behind schedule right now, so we'll see what happens. You know, it may be they get here and we put them right on stage and they start singing. Um, all right, so we'll go for that. Any other? Um, if we do, if they get here on time and we have the potluck, if those that aren't hosting families can stay in uh, clean up so those that have our hosting families can just take off afterward after they eat. That would be much appreciated. All right. All right. Any other questions or anything? All right. Coffee. I don't know if there were snacks. I forgot to look. Yep, there are, there are snacks. Bible study. Head that direction. Oh, go to script first, then head that way. Go in peace and serve the Lord.